0: Amen. Let's give Brenda a big hand. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. want to? Well, praise the Lord. It is a good day. Amen. Pastor and I and some of you that were in the first service, we've got a group here that's staying for the second service. We're already in the overflow. Glory to God. I could just get up here and start saying it in tongues, but hey, we're going to preach the word. So y'all go ahead and take your seats. We're going to lay some groundwork here today. Now, when we talk about the holy fire of God, we're not talking about a bad thing. We're talking about him coming in manifestation to cleanse us, to purify us, to ignite our spirits and to set us ablaze for his will, his plan and his purpose. How many of you could use some fresh zeal? some fresh passion. How about some fire in your belly? (laughs) Many of you have heard of uh, Reverend Oil Oil Roberts. He went home to be with the Lord many years ago now, or quite a few years ago. But one of the last things that Jesus himself spoke to him about was, tell my ministers to preach with fire in their belly. And you know in a sense every one of us are preachers. We are ministers of reconciliation. So that means all of us from the pulpit to the pew in this last day we ought to have some fire in our belly where we are shining bright with the love of God for his glory and for his purpose. Now where is that fire going to come from? You know like the beginning of the year a lot of people set new year's resolutions and that's okay, that's fine. I don't know if anybody ever keeps them. I, for one, just quit doing it because, you know, you know. Anyhow... (laughs) But set new resolutions, and many times the number one on the list is I'm going to lose weight. So people say they start researching, and they get connected to this new fad diet, or you know I'm going to get more healthy, so I'm going to take more vitamins, or or I'm going to join a workout club, and and you know in January the workout clubs are busy and they're full because people are going to go at it, and all of those things are great, all of those things are fine, and you might get more energy, and it's great to get more healthy. But this change that we're talking about today doesn't come from a diet. It doesn't come from an exercise program. It comes from someone on the inside working on the outside. And his name is God. This fire that we're talking about comes from him. The Bible tells us a real short little verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. It says, for our God is a consuming fire. And you and I are created in His likeness and in His image. When we get born again, and especially when we get filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, something gets ignited on the inside of us. I've been reading a book by Wesley Duell. He covers a lot of the past revivals. It's called Revival Fire. And he has this quote in there that I love. He said, God created our spirits We are spiritually combustible. Our nature is created to be ablaze by the spirit. Hallelujah. Anybody in here born again? You know what a difference it made to have Jesus come into your life. How about anybody in here that has been filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in a brand new tongue? Well, you know that, that, that saying, that quote we just uh, made there, it applies to you. When you received the Holy Ghost, did you feel like there was a blaze? On the inside of you, your spirit was combustible. Hallelujah. And flammable. We are right now, we are living in a time in this earth and in our nation where the church needs to be the church. Yes. Change is in the air. There's a political change in our nation. We just uh, watched the inauguration of our 45th president. Things are changing politically, but even more important than what we are seeing in the political realm, there is a spiritual change. There is an awakening that is coming to the church of the living God, the body of Christ. It's time for us now to step into our place. We know what hour and what time it is. You and I have been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. The time of playing church and the time of having dead religious rituals is over. We're not going to come to church and set up with the dead. We're alive. Jesus is alive and he is well and he lives. Us, and he wants to show himself strong. So it's important for us to realize what time we're living in. It's important for us to know who's living in us and to let him live big through us. It's certainly about us, but it is not just about us. It's about us getting on fire on the inside, going out on the streets and burning bright. <coughs> For him in the name of Jesus. Right? So all through the Bible, there were people that knew what their call was and they knew what time that it was. John the Baptist, he was a cousin of Jesus. He was the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth. He had been supernaturally conceived as well, really. I mean, of course, We won't go into the details. There was some action in the tent, but it was, you know, Elizabeth was old when she had him. And so he was born and called into the kingdom for a time. And he knew what his mission in life was. His mission was to preach repentance. His mission was to pave the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he had a divine revelation of who Jesus was. And he recognized him when many others did not. We'll look at uh, and he, one of the things he did. He was called. I'm getting a lot of ring here. You all hear that? No, it's okay. One of the things. He was called John the Baptist. And so you know why he was called John the Baptist? Because he baptized people in water. So let's look at this passage here in Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. John the Baptist said this. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me. Do you know who that is? Jesus. He is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with what? Read it with me. The Holy Spirit and with fire. Now when we get born again... Of course, when we get born again, God, the father, Jesus, the son and our savior and the Holy spirit all come to abide on the inside of us. People ask the question, can I go to heaven without speaking in other tongues? The answer is, of course you can. Of course, all you have to do to go to heaven is to ask Jesus in your heart to be washed in the blood of the lamb. But my response is always, why would you want to? Jesus said, I'm going to give you a precious gift. I like gifts. Do y'all like gifts? So if Jesus has a special gift for me, I'm all in. How about you? So there is an experience subsequent to salvation and the new birth. And John references it here. It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost with fire. Everybody say, far, far, far. So John was a mighty man of God. And he knew what day he lived in. And he knew who Jesus was. Right after this statement, Jesus showed up there at the Jordan River. And John baptized him reluctantly. But Jesus said, oh no, I need to be baptized. And when he baptized him, a dove descended out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Well, the dove didn't talk, but the voice came from heaven. You all know what I'm saying got to keep myself scriptural here. Anyhow, so he had this revelation of who Jesus was. So Jesus went about this earth fulfilling his earthly ministry. And then the day came, of course, when he was crucified, but he didn't stay in that tomb. On the third day, hallelujah, Jesus rose up from death and he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he gave us the keys of the kingdom. Hallelujah. He gave us authority in his name. And he also gave the church another gift. In the book of John, he talked about the day that was coming when he was going to leave this earth. And he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. When I go away, he actually said, it's going to be better for you. When I go away, because right now I'm limited to one place. I can have a physical body. I can only be in one place at one time. But once I ascend unto my Father, hallelujah, I'm sending one called the Holy Ghost. Who will be with you forever. The Holy Ghost. Who will be your teacher. Your counselor. Your, te- your guide. Your intercessor. Your standby and your advocate and your comforter. That sounds pretty good to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he'd already been talking to his disciples. About the day when he was going to ascend for the last time to the Father. But right before... That great ascension. After the resurrection, he appears to them one last time. And in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1, we won't read all of the beginning there. But in Acts chapter 1, around verse 4, he says, Go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem and wait there until you be endued with power from on high. He was telling them... This significant experience was about to occur. And Jesus knew that if his disciples would be, were to carry out the great commission that he gave them in Mark chapter 16, where he said, you're going to go, you're going to preach the gospel. Signs and wonders are going to follow the preaching of the gospel. You're going to lay hands on the sick. And even there, he said, you're going to speak with new tongues. So he's telling them, if you're going to carry out this great commission, then you're going to have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Have anyone in here other than me discovered that in myself, I can do nothing. In myself, I got weaknesses. In myself, there's things that hinder me from stepping into what God's called me to do. But I'm so thankful. It's not by my might. It's not by my power. I have a relationship with God, with Jesus. And I got the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. Who equips me every single day to do what I need to do. So Jesus tells them, this promise is coming. And it's so important. Don't leave home without him. Don't leave the upper room. Till you've been endued. You've been encompassed with this power from on high. It's a good word for all of us. Every morning, that ought to be our aim. I'm not leaving this house till I've fellowshiped with my Father, till I've prayed in the Holy Ghost, till I've read the Word of God. I'm not going out there without Him and His power in my life. So Jesus told them what to expect. In Acts chapter 1, we'll look at verse 8 out of the Amplified We got to see this passage, but you shall receive what power. Read these words with me, power, ability, efficiency, and might when you do good things. No, when the Holy Spirit. Has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bonds of the earth. Can I get a hallelujah? Power, ability, efficiency, and might, the boldness to share the gospel. Is going to come upon you. When you have this glorious experience. The church age started out. In a blaze. Of glory. Ignited by the fire. Of the Holy Ghost. And that's exactly. How it's going to end. We are the glorious church. We're filled. With his glory. With his manifestation. Presence. And at the end of the church age, we're not going to be hiding in a cave eating tribulation food that has a shelf life of 20 years. Yuck! No, thank you. Can you imagine the preservatives in that? No, we're not going to be doing that. We started out in a blaze of glory. And before Jesus comes, the world is going to see a flame of fire ignited in the church like never before. We're being changed from glory to glory. We're going to get more and more like him the closer we get to the rapture and to our exit day. Hallelujah. Yeah. You and I are the firebrands that he has allowed to be alive in this day, and in this hour. I know there's pressure in the world. I know there's a bunch of junk out there and there's darkness, but folks, the Bible says greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If you didn't have the goods to live in this day and age, you wouldn't have been born now. You've been selected. You've been chosen to be alive right now. Let's not squander this precious time. Let's be alive with the Spirit of God. So that early church, here they are, 120, waiting in the upper room, waiting, seeking God. The Bible says in Acts chapter (laughs) 2, verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. <clears throat> the day of Pentecost. God never does anything without purpose. Even all the things you read in the Old Testament, most of them are shadows and types of the covenant That you and I live in, called the New Covenant. Your Bible, that's why it's divided like that. Old Testament, Old Covenant, and then the Gospels, beginning in the Gospels, New Testament new covenant. But those things in the Old Testament were shadows of what was going to happen when the church age came on the scene. Hallelujah. And even this, the day of Pentecost, it was the very same day when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments. And you remember that day. Oh, the Bible says that the mountain shook With the presence of God. There was lightning and there was thunder on that mountain when he received the Ten Commandments. And what did the Ten Commandments do? They brought new revelation. They brought new light to the children of Israel. Helped them to go up higher and to walk in a new place in God. And so when you read that verse, it sets a new light and brings a new meaning to it. When the day of Pentecost was what? Fully come. They were celebrating the shadow. And now. The fulfillment has come. Hallelujah. And verse 2. And suddenly. John Osteen. The father of Joel Osteen. He used to get excited on that word suddenly. He said the Bible says. And suddenly. Because the Holy Ghost. Was in a hurry. To come and take charge of the church. He was happy. Because of. For once in history, they were in one accord, in one place. They weren't divided. There was unity. There was harmony. And the Holy Ghost said, woo, let's hurry up and get down there. Get them this power. Then there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. It's awesome to be. Filled with the Holy Ghost to be his temple to be a carrier of the power of God but we're living in a day when not only people are going to shake and quake under the power but I believe buildings are the place was saturated with the presence of God hallelujah verse 3 and there appeared unto them Cloven tongues like as of what? Fire. Say it with me. Fire, fire, fire. And what did this fire do? It sat upon each of them. It was not a little bitty flick above their head where they were looking at each other and saying, What is that on top of your head? I think I see something up there. There's a there's a little little flame up there. No SAT them. They were consumed with the fire of God from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. It was the fulfillment of Jeremiah 29 where he said, it's like fire shut up in my bones and I could not keep it to myself. They got so filled with the fire of God. They could not keep it to themselves. They went out. Into the streets and they begin to preach. Peter stood up and preached a message. All of them were glowing with the power and the presence of God. 3,000 men plus women and children got saved that day from one encounter with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And then the Bible says in verse 4... And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they, everybody say this, they Amen. begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Some people, they say, okay, I'll give God a shot. You know, maybe I'll try to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And they come up with their teeth clenched and their jaws locked. I dare you, Holy Ghost, to make me speak. I just dare you if it's God, he'll open my mouth. No. Bible says the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. He gave them the ability, but it was their tongue. It was their mouth. It was their voice. They had to yield to him. So if you're here today and you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, it's not that hard. How'd you get saved? You believed it in your heart. And then what did you have to do? You had to confess it with your mouth. You had to open your mouth and say, Jesus is Lord. So to receive the Holy Spirit, you receive him by faith, believing in your heart that this precious gift is for you. And then by faith, opening your mouth and yielding as he gives you divine utterance. Amen. Amen. Now I want to go back to this where it says the Holy Ghost sat upon them. A flame from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. When you've been sat on, you know it. Years ago I was preaching this at a, a ladies meeting and the Lord just gave it to me spontaneously and I won't do it today. But he told me to go sat on this lady. I knew her. She knew me. We were buddies. Thank goodness. Not a good idea to sit on strangers laps. But anyhow, it was all women. I sat on her and the Holy Spirit just had me say, now, did you feel that? And you know, she was kind of like, well, and I like be, be honest. You know, you're crushed right now. You feel the weight of my body. You know, when somebody sits on you, the Holy ghost sat on them that day. They sensed His presence. And the fire of God made an impression upon them. Have you ever been burned by, you know, I don't know, whatever. I know years ago when big hair was in, I used these curling irons all the time and I dropped one on my neck. And I was branded for quite a while. I had a mark. I'd come in contact with hot and it branded my neck. Some of you might have some scars today of where you've been burned. When you come in contact with fire, you're branded. It makes an impression. Guess what, folks? When we come in contact with the Holy Ghost and fire, we are branded. We are impressed. I am his and he is mine. When those 120 spilled out into the streets, nobody had to say, were they up there? Were they one of them? They'd been branded with fire. And it says everybody knew who they were. Everybody knew whose they were. Now, I have this saying, you can take the girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the girl. Last Sunday night, I told you how to wring a chicken's neck. <laughs> Not going to go through that again. But today I'll talk about branding, branding cattle. We had a bunch of cows and everybody in the, in, the, in the country where I grew up in had to have a brand. My dad's name was John Edwards. And so he had like a J and then three little lines that looked sort of like an E that were connected. And why do you brand your cows? So if they get out, everybody knows who they belong to. Back in the day when I was a kid, people were honest. So if we, we knew all the brands of our neighbors. And if a cow got out into our pasture or was out in the road, my dad would call him, hey, your cow's over here. And they would do the same. We see your brand, Johnny. We see your brand on this cow. It's yours. Well, you and I are not cows. I'm not calling you a cow. But we are the sheep, the sheep of his pasture. And we have been stamped. And we have been branded by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I was 11 years old when I got filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, fire, fire. 50 some years ago now. 51 years ago. Hallelujah. And you know what? It brought change into my life. I didn't have a real colorful past at 11 years of age. But something happened on the inside of me that I didn't have before. It was branded in me that I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to go around the world and I'm going to declare the goodness of my God. Hallelujah. I was changed forever. Fire ignites the purpose To which we have been born. Hallelujah. And certainly, it's not every day that that flame is just a major bonfire on the inside of me. Some days it's more like a flick of the bick. But I know how to rekindle it. And we're going to look at some passages here on how we do that. Romans 12, verse 11 in the Amplified. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor, but be aglow, burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. Some people start off as a house of fire. They get born again. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, you can count on me, pastor. I want to serve here. I want to serve there. But if you don't keep that fire lit, you're going to lose your glow and you're going to lose your zeal and your passion to serve the Lord. The only way that we can serve God is to keep burning on the inside. We don't want to lag. Listen to what lag means. It's not great. It's not good. We don't want to do this. Lag means to fall behind, to wane in intensity. It takes effort to keep the flame burning. How about in your marriage? Many of you are married. If you're not, just uh, bear with me here. But if you're married, is it every day that you wake up? I got such passion for you. Woo! I'm so overwhelmed right now with the desire to get out of bed and to make you coffee. And to bring you breakfast in bed. And woo! I got this overwhelming, intense, fervent desire to do your laundry. To cook your favorite meal. Woo! And all the men are like, yes, yes, yes. But you don't wake up like that every day. Your husband doesn't wake up every day and look at you and say, Woo! Come on, baby, light my fire. You know, sometimes in the morning when pastor looks at me and my hair is all crazy. And guess what? I don't wake up with makeup on in the morning. I don't wake up with fresh breath. I got to go brush my teeth. So you got to take it by faith some days, right? When you're married. (laughs) You got to start saying, go brush your teeth and I'll give you a morning kiss. (laughs) And then we'll talk about how much I love you after, you know, you take a shower, whatever. (laughs) So we don't have these intense desires like that every day in our relationship, in our marriage. And it's not going to be every morning that you wake up with, whoo, God is in this place. Woo, honey, your face is glowing with the glory of God. Woo, I see fire shooting out of your eyes. I can't remember ever waking up like that. But I can remember (laughs) waking up and by faith saying, This is the day that the Lord has made. Woo, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to walk by faith and I'm going to get my um, motor or what is it? Get my engine revving or my motor running. What if motor running? Start praying in tongues by faith. It's our responsibility. It's our privilege to keep this fire burning. He's provided it. He's lit it on the inside of us, but we got to do something about it. You know what the tendency is of any fire to go out. Yeah. You ever built a fire in your fireplace? Wouldn't it be awesome if it just kept burning and burning and burning? It doesn't happen that way. Got to keep throwing logs on there. And another thing about this flame is found in 2 Timothy chapter one, verse six, in the Amplified. This is Paul. Writing to young Timothy, the minister in the faith. This is why I would, this is what I'm doing today, folks, remind you. I know many of you are already filled with the Holy Ghost. That's awesome. That's wonderful. But I am reminding you, and I am reminding me that we have to stir up, rekindle the embers up, and what do we got to do? Fan the flame. And keep burning the gracious gift of God. The inner fire that is in you by the means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. The gracious gift. I mentioned it when I was 11 years old getting filled with the Holy Ghost. We've got our youth in here today. We've got young people. We've got middle-aged people. We've got people that are on up in years. But you know what? It doesn't matter what your age is. Every one of us have the gracious gift of God on the inside of us. And every one of us have gifts, talents, and treasures. And the only way that you're going to walk in though those is to keep the inner fire burning keep it burning. Hallelujah. Fulfill the call that God has on your life. Whether it's to be, you know, a police officer or a nurse or a teacher or a factory worker, whatever it is that you do or are going to do in life, do it full of passion and zeal because that in itself will attract people to you and you can give them the answer of why you're so happy. Why you're so full of fire. Hallelujah. Another quote from Wesley Duell, and I don't believe that this is the quote of anybody here. It's not going to be my testimony, and I declare it won't be yours either. The spiritual biography of too many Christians is, once they were ablaze. That's past tense. We're not going to live in the past. Thank God for the times of refreshing that we've had in the past. But today is a new day. And today we need a fresh infilling. And if that flame in your heart is now just a flicker, it can become brilliant once again. You know how he said here, this I would remind you to stir up the embers. You know what an ember is? An ember is a piece of wood that is smoldering in the ashes. And you might just see, oh, there's a little glow on that. I wonder. I wonder if we can get that fire going again. And you know how when you see that little piece of wood smoldering down there in the ashes. Some of you feel like your life is a heap of ashes. But you know what? Yeah, all burnt out. But there is a little ember down there. It's called the Holy Ghost. And you know what God will do? Just like how you get that fire going again. I've seen it so many times. My dad loved to build fires. And (laughs) sometimes the fire would go out, almost go out during the middle of the night. And it looked like there was no hope for it to come back to life. And he'd go, oh, no, no. There's a little ember in there. And you know what he would do? He had this special little deal that you pump it, and air (laughs) would go on that ember and it would just ignite sparks everywhere. I submit to you today the wind of the Holy Ghost is. I want you to hear that. The wind of the Holy Ghost is blowing in this place. He's rekindling that ember in your life. He's fanning that flame. We read it in Acts chapter 2. When they got filled, what happened? There was a mighty rushing wind that filled the house. God is breathing on the embers in our hearts today. Don't think for a moment that I have forgotten you. Don't think that I have forgotten about those dreams and those visions that you have discussed with me. Those things that I placed in your heart. And don't be moved by a clock on the wall. By something called time. Oh, my So it's never too late. It's never too late. Pick it back up and let the the Holy Ghost rekindle that ember and light that flame. So I declare to you today as the musicians go ahead and make their way to the platform, musicians and singers, that there is fresh fire in the house. There is a race to be run. There is so much to be done. And I heard this in the first service. And it's going to be really fun. It's not by our own power or our own might. But it's going to be out of sight. (laughs) Woo! Glory be to God. Glory be to God. We're going to at the... And as we have our altar call today, and we'll, I'll give you instructions in a minute. But they're going to play a music video as we begin to pray for people. And it's called Set Me Ablaze by Jesus Culture. The words of this just so spoke to my heart. How many of you, that's your heart's cry, Lord, set me ablaze. I don't want to be just a little flick for you. I want to be a bonfire Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Get it be So we are asking for the fire, fresh fire in this place. Paul said it to Timothy that he had received something when hands were laid upon him. Laying on of hands is a doctrine of the church. And there is an impartation that happens. So I want everybody to stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We never want to take for granted that everybody in here is already born again. I don't know that for sure. That's the first step to coming into the kingdom of God. Is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We told you how this morning. You believe it in your heart. You confess it with your mouth. If you're here today and you're not positive about your eternal destination. If Jesus were to come today, you're not sure if you'd be caught up with him. You don't know where your relationship stands. You can know today. So if you're here and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to ask you to raise your hand right now. All over this place. Wave it at me if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then, secondly, if you're here and you're already a believer, but you have not yet been filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Oh, my friend, my friend, my friend. I don't know what I would do without the help of the Holy Ghost. He's been there, He's been my comforter in times when sorrow was in my life, He's been my advocate. He's given me utterance to pray when I didn't know how. If you're here today and you're born again, but you've not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, would you identify yourself by raising your hand? We are believing. We are believing in this church. We are believing for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And I know there's people here today, and maybe you're not comfortable coming up right now. But we're going to open this altar and we're going to give you instructions. And if you come up and you have not yet been filled, please identify yourself and we'll pray a special prayer with you. But we had it in our heart. Pastor had it strong for me to do this service. You know, I'm comfortable with my posse on Sunday night because they're the ones that respond real well. But you guys have really responded today and been so receptive to the word. And I want to thank you for that. But now comes a time when we can have an impartation of fresh fire. So if I were you, I'd come.